Happy Hanukkah, everyone. Welcome. We are... Last week we concluded discussing how, how much trust Hashem has in each and every one of us. We finished off saying how our potential is tremendous. Each and every one of us could be a Bainini, this intermediate. And we mentioned that an intermediate is someone that doesn't doesn't do something negative. He doesn't waste a moment from learning Torah. We said if you see something and you don't say anything, right? See something, say something. If you see something negative and you don't say something, so then that would be a Russia. That would be a wicked person. We were very, very sharp last week. And the end of the discussion last week was that with all of this, even though a Bainani is someone that has none of this, that means, again, he has not the smallest sin, each and every one of us can be a Bainani. That's where we finished last week. And yes, we discussed, is that really practical? And the answer is, over the next 53 chapters, we'll learn it is. But, before we go ahead and say what exactly a Bainani is, we have a major challenge. Good evening, Moishman. Happy Hanukkah. And that is, a major challenge, and that is, if we look in the Rambam, and I invite everyone, if you have your handout, good. If not, it's also good. Um, Tony, could you please read on page number three in your, on your papers, could you please read note 11. Tony's now going to read from Maimonides, Hilchais Teshuvah, the laws of repentance, which actually anyone who's learning the, the cycle of Rambam today is studying this section precisely. Tony, please read it. Each and every person has merits and sins. A person whose merits exceeds his sins is termed righteous. A person whose sins exceed his merits is termed wicked. If his sins and merits are equal, he is termed a... Bainani, this intermediate. So here we have the exact opposite of what we've been discussing. Of what we've been discussing. Precisely the opposite. Last week we said, if you do the smallest sin, you're called what, Yeshua? A Russia. And the Rambam tells us clearly that no. As long as you're 50-50, you could do 50 sins and 50 mitzvot, you're a Bainani. 51 sins and 49 mitzvot, you're a Russia. And 51, 51 mitzvot and 49 sins, you're called a Tzaddik. Rambam Hilchos Teshuvah Laws of Repentance 3.1. So this completely destroys our entire premise. Melissa, so how do we understand the Rambam? Ah, you're going to be a <laughs> That was quick. Devere, what's the answer? It's a good question. A thought? Says. Um, you, I, I hope I'm correct. I think you're looking for the word repentance. Laws of repentance. You're saying teshuva is laws of repentance? Thank you. If you, if you. if you do 51 righteous acts and 49 evil acts and you don't repent of them, it's a whole different... No. I disagree. And that's exactly what we're going to say right now. It only takes a second. Exactly. Oh, sound fantastic. Can I to Fa- fantastic. Very good. Very, very good. But regardless of how long it takes, you have to do it. If last week we learned if you repented in one second, 
you're forgiven. For those that weren't here last week, the Talmud tells us that if a man goes over to a woman and says, you're married to me on condition that I'm completely righteous and a moment before he was completely wicked, the Talmud says, he, we consider him married for all practical purposes because it only takes one second to repent. Practical law. Tractic Hidushin. So, if you repented, you are a complete tzaddik. When the Rambam is saying that if you had 50 sins, and 50, if it's 50-50, you're an intermediate, he's talking without repentance. And that's shocking. You could be half full of sin and no punishment. You could have one, one more mitzvah. You're a tzaddik. One less mitzvah, you're a rasha. And that is why, does anyone remember the text I sent out this week? How do they look at you in the heavenly court? That's exactly what we're going to say right now. In the heavenly court, when someone goes to heaven, they look at you based on this perception that the Rambam says in Teshuvah 3.1. And that is, when a person, we're not talking about a person's essence. When we talk about how you judge a person, so we say, like the Rambam says, if he's 50-50, He's an intermediate. He's an okay man. 51% sins. In heaven they say he's a wicked man. 51% mitzvos. In heaven they say that he's a tzaddik. But that's only regarding punishment. You know, for example, if you say, if someone comes out of courts and he's, and he's vindicated, is he a, does that make him a tzaddik? Does that make him a holy person? No. So the concept that the Rambam is saying is only regarding the heavenly court. Any questions? Clear? I have a question. Please. So if you commit a sin and repent, yeah. does sin no longer count in the equation? I don't like being, uh, being trusted on my own word. I'd rather show you inside. Okay. So I ask everyone to look on page 2 in the Tanya. Page 2 in the actual Tanya. The last paragraph on that page. Furthermore, um, if you have a handout, it's on page 2, last paragraph. Furthermore. Actually, on the, in the handout, it's already on page... On the handout... Oh, yeah, yeah, the handout's also... There's a brackets. My Shemendel, please read the brackets. Furthermore. Furthermore, at what stage can a person be considered a noni if, when a sins, he is deemed completely wicked? Focus, scream this out. My Shemendel, scream it out. Want me to reread what I said? No, no, read the next paragraph. But, the next. but when he repents afterward, he is deemed completely righteous. Tony, clear? If someone repents, he's completely righteous. What if he redoes that same sin? He's completely wicked. <laughs> and when he repents, he's completely righteous. Really? The problem is, if he did it once, no. just like unfortunately, if someone. But isn't there something about, like, if you go back and. I'm now messing up all my classes. Isn't there something that if you go back and you don't redo it? That... Tell me. I'm, I'm not. I'm not I could just tell you, maybe this is what you're saying, repentance means to tell God, I will not do this sin again. Right. 
So if you do it, you're breaking that. But that doesn't mean that you can't repent. Yes, Aviva. You know, I used to always look down on a certain religion because whenever they wanted to confess, they were clean. Yeah. And I thought we're we're better than that. Yeah. Because we don't do that. Yeah. Except once a year. <clears throat> okay. And uh, I I don't I don't like the tone of this. Yes. Yeah. It sounds like we're like them. There's a there's a major major difference. A oh, please. Because you're repenting for yourself, where in other religions you're asking like that priest to forgive you, or something. You're asking somebody else to forgive you in that way, than yourself. Well, if you believe in a certain entity, right, right. Yeah. I don't know about other religions. I no, I know, no, I don't. Not, not out of disrespect, please. I, if um, you presume to correct what the priest does is absolve you of right. your sin when you confess it to God. It is not the priest that does it. You must approach with right, a You're asking part. somebody else to then. The, now, the, the, the priest then tells you what your punishment is. The, the major difference. Absolves you of the sin. He's a conduit, they think. Aviva, the major, the major point. He absolves you as a conduit. The major point here is that no one said. That repentance is easy. I think in other, in other religions, just by confessing itself, that's repentance. There are times in Judaism to repent means you need to die. Yeah, to repent means you need to die. If someone killed someone else, so, so they need to die for that. If you intentionally kill someone else, you can't just say sorry. There are certain things that, that forgiveness is going to be very tough on a person. And so forgiveness does not at all mean just to say, I'm sorry. It's much more intense than that. And there are many books on that. That's not the focus of the Tanya to discuss what is the appropriate method for each sin. But the one point that is crystal clear is that every sin has, has a method of repentance. And that method will make you a tzaddik if that method is followed. Oh, that's so, I hope I've answered your question. Yeah. In other words, okay. So now, back to our point. So, let's read this inside. Bathsheba, are you comfortable reading in English? Yeah. Please. And as for the general saying. Yeah, yeah. And as for the general saying that one whose deeds and misdeeds are equally balanced is called benoni. Fantastic, thank you. Exactly what we've just said. Good evening. So that in the heavenly court, you'll be a tzaddik. They'll forgive you as long as it's 51%. But it's a figurative, it's just, it's a borrowed term. And let me give you an example of a borrowed term. Has anyone here 
Our doctor, Dr. Yosef, have you ever heard of someone that physically had a heart made, a heart made out of stone? Have you ever found such a person? <laughs> have you ever heard the expression a heart made out of stone? It's a borrowed term. Another famous, and, and I'm telling you this term because it's a Torah term. Anyone know where the Torah says heart of stone? Paro. Thank you very much. Thank you. I, I jumped in too fast. Paro had a heart of st stone. It's a figurative term. Oh boy, oh boy. That's a microaggression. Another example. Another, another famous example. Let's all, if, again, if you, have your, if you have a copy, but it's a, it's a pasuk from the Torah. Um, Lottie, please, if you don't mind reading from the, your copy, note number 12. We're now going to read passage 25-1 from Deuteronomy. It's talking about a court case. Please. If there is a quarrel between men and they approach the tribunal and they, the judges, judge them and they acquit the innocent one, the tzaddik, and condemn the guilty one, Rasha. Ah, so listen to this terminology. The basin is going to make one person a tzaddik and the other person a Rasha. That means the Torah in the literal sense is saying every time someone comes to you, one of them is going to leave a tzaddik and one, is, one of them will leave a rasha. Now, if you have two wicked people coming for a court case, so, one is, so the, in this particular scenario, one of them is going to be a tzaddik, a righteous man? Absolutely not. Again, it's just a term, that we're, it's a borrowed term. So when we say that someone who's 51% sin, um, mitzvah and 49% sin is a tzaddik, that is not really true. That's just the way the court will look at you. But let's talk about you. And remember, if I want to tell you, I want to give you the tools to be a Bainani. I want to give you, a, you the tools to be this person that is in control of his thought, speech, and action, then we have to talk about you as a person. We have to get in control of who you are. So that's what we're going to... Let's continue on. Any questions? Okay. Um, Baruch. Oh, you need a copy? Someone... If someone could pass this to Baruch, but Yeshua, if you could maybe perhaps continue, please. Is it in the what? Is it in the Tanya? Where in the Tanya? Uh, is what in the Tanya? Yeah, yeah, we're going to continue in the Tanya from where Bathsheba left off. Yeah, where exactly was that? But concerning the true definition. Does, that, does everyone see it? If you have the Tanya, it's on the right-hand column. Four. Yes. Ari, could I offer you a copy? Um, go ahead, Yeshua. Uh, well, oh, it's in chapter 2. Chapter 1. Pa page number 4. Oh. Sorry. It's, yes. Oh, but, but concerning the true definition? Yes. Oh, okay. But concerning the true definition and quality of the distinct levels and ranks, righteous and intermediate men, our sages have remarked, that the righteous are motivated solely by their good nature, as it's written, and my heart is a void within me, that is, void of an evil nature, because he, David, has slinked through fasting. But whoever has not attained this degree, even though his virtues exceed his sins, cannot at all be reckoned to have ascended to the rank of the righteous. Wow. So what we've now done 
is we've actually lifted up the level of tzaddik. A tzaddik, the definition of a tzaddik, is like David HaMelech. King David says, My heart is empty. Now his heart wasn't empty of blood. His heart was empty of the evil. Now, as we'll soon learn, evil is an incorrect word. People aren't born with evil. We could say he, was, he removed the evil inclination. That uh, he was able to... to well, we'll discuss exactly what he did at a later point. Um, but someone that has thoughts to do evil, thoughts to do bad, that means he's not a tzaddik. So in case any of you thought you were a tzaddik, we'll have to rethink that. So regardless of, regardless of action, so if it's just a thought, even if you don't add Action, as we learned last week, is a wicked man. If someone is doing something, a bainani, so let, let me just say what we'll essentially learn in much more detail, but we're going to learn the following. If someone sins in action, they're a wicked person. In our context. Don't get scared right now. <laughs> if someone has a wicked thought or an, or an evil thought, but they control it, they're a bainani. They're the intermediate. If someone doesn't even have a wicked thought, he's a tzaddik. Thought and action. Okay, so act, if you do... If you do bad, that's one thing. If you have a thought but you control it, you're the intermediate. If you don't even have the thought, you're a tzaddik. And now we could understand something incredible and in how we talk about tzaddikim. You know, I was privileged to learn with a boy. Unfortunately, this boy in Manhattan, he wasn't able to go to an average school. He had a small disability. And I learned with him four hours a week. And he always would call me a tzaddik. <laughs> And I thought that was fascinating. I mean, I thought it was very nice of him. But I asked him, I said, what do you think a tzaddik is? So he says, a tzaddik is a holy person. A tzaddik is... We're learning now that holy and tzaddik is not, is not the definition. A tzaddik, a holy person, a bainani is a holy person. Someone who doesn't sin, he's a very holy person. It's my biggest wish to be able to be that person, right? But a tzaddik is someone that doesn't even have evil thoughts. You know, that person isn't as good as a Benani because he has nothing to fight. Absolutely. Let's leave that. Let's put that on hold, of course. Major point. Yeah. But now we could understand what the Talmud shares with us. Garrison, if you could please continue the, the, the famous Talmud. Um, this is why our sages have declared in the Midrash. This is why our sages have declared in the Midrash. The Almighty saw that the righteous were few, so he planted them in every generation. For as it is written, the tzaddik is the foundation of the world. The Gemara in Yoyama 38b tells us that there are very few righteous people in every generation. Very few. There are so few. God had to put a, f a few in each generation. And then we quote this passage. In this passage has a lot of deep meaning. The passage says, just to quote, that tzaddik is the foundation of the world. Meaning, meaning that there is actually one person in every generation that tzaddik is the foundation of the world who is the foundation of the world. So that is why oftentimes we'll hear that there is the Gadol Hador, there is the leader of the generation, there is the Rebbe, the leader of the generation, but does anyone know what Rebbe stands for? 
Rebbe means teacher, but anyone know what? It's an abbreviation for Rosh, Resh. Rebbe is spelled Resh Bez Yud. Resh stands for Rosh. What's Rosh? B'nai Yisrael. Head of the Jewish people. Because, as we hear in this passage, there is, there is one person. The Medjidi Gemara says that Hashem had to literally put a tzaddik in each generation. There wasn't enough. Now, if we say what the Rambam says, that a tzaddik is someone who has 49% bad, I mean, a lot of us would easily fit in. We would all be tzaddikim. Each and every one of us would be a tzaddik. So what is the meaning? That is very few tzaddikim. That's because a tzaddik is this person who doesn't even have evil thoughts. And with this we conclude the intro of Tanya. We've now come with the following conclusion. And actually, now we can finally start, let's say, the, the juicy part of Tanya. The part that hopefully everyone's been looking forward to. But in summer we've, we've established. Each and every one of us could be this intermediate. And the intermediate is someone who never sins. If he sinned, he could repent. But our ability, our future is very bright. We each have this potential. And we've established that a true tzaddik is someone that doesn't even have an evil thought in his mind. Based on the Talmud or based on a passage in the Torah. Clear, Baruch? Any questions? And now we come to, so to say, the climax of the introduction of Tanya and that is the two souls everyone familiar with the two souls? no well I'm very happy I'm very proud to be able to teach it it's not mine nothing here is mine but I'm very proud to be the conduit for that you're saying with a tzaddik yes that this is a person who if somebody really wronged that person he would still only see the good in that person no. He would always see the good no matter how he was wrong. No, that's against Torah. If someone, if, someone, if someone is deservant of punishment, then the Torah requires them to get punished. Yeah. Right? So truth... So, that, so it's not an evil thought that the person should be punished. Is a judge who puts someone in jail an evil person? No. Well, Did he have an evil thought? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I completely agree with you that unfortunately there are people that don't belong. I, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. But, so the same thing at Tzaddik. If you don't have evil thoughts, that doesn't mean in any way that you can't say that I have evil thoughts. Okay. Yeah. You're able to recognize someone else. You're able to understand them. The leader of the generation, if you look throughout the generation, Moshe Rabbeinu, he understood his flock very well. He understood the people he was leading very well. Yoshua, Joshua, King David. King David, the one we're talking about here. He, the nation loved him. Mm-hmm. And yet, he didn't have evil within him. And I know that uh, David over here is, has numerous thoughts, numerous questions on that, but it's not for right now. I didn't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so don't forget the, the, the preceding paragraph he said uh, a bain in the um, <coughs> he never sins 
Right. Never. Right. That's such a high standard that, that, that um, I, mean, I mean, how many people are going to... I mean, it may not be too many... You're sitting next to him. You're, you're sitting next to him. On both sides, you have Arya and Gershon. They've never sinned. I'm just <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's your point? I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. But they're going to make up for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean they, they, they think the way they're defining Sadiq yes. is very, very few. Yes. But the way he's defining Bain <laughs> There's even fewer. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Yosef is asking a fantastic question. He's saying that perhaps there's very few Bain in him. Dr. Yosef, I can't argue with you. I'd li I'm, I'm sure 90% of the people here have never sinned in their life. I can only talk for myself. I would say I don't fall into this category. But, I'm but your, your question is clear. And the answer to your question is that your potential is truly... You, you Dr. Yosef, I guarantee you that you have the ability to not sin. It's a guarantee. You know, some people, they're so addicted to something, you say that it's too late. But what we're learning now is that this is a, it's a promise that Hashem has granted you the ability to have complete control of your thoughts, of what you say and what you do, and not to use it for against, to go against Hashem. How you do that? Throughout the next 53 chapters, hopefully we'll learn a few tools how to go about that. But I understand your question. And practically we may not see it, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. Two souls. This... How many books did the Arizal write? He didn't write any. Fantastic. None. Yet, if you look online, you'll see that Arizal wrote many books. The answer is... His student did. The Arizal student, Reb Chaim Vital, he wrote down the thoughts of the Arizal. So right now we're going to see a quote of Reb Chaim Vital. It's truly a quote. It's truly a teaching of the Arizal. And let's see that teaching. Um, Arye, do you mind reading? Um, we're now holding... The explanation of the questions. Yeah, the explanation of the question raised above is to be found in the light of what Rabbi Chaim Vital wrote in Shar HaKidusha. That in every Jew, whether righteous or wicked, are two souls, as is written in the Shamos, which I have made, including the two souls. Okay, let's stop here for a moment. These last few lines are action-packed. Number one, We'll get to the idea of the two souls. Well, let's talk about the two souls. We're going to learn that every single Jewish person has two souls. He has, we'll call it in, in simple terms, and we'll talk about it more as we discuss each one, we'll call it a good and a bad soul. And... What, we've, what I've just told you, actually, destroys a common misconception. That common misconception is <coughs> that there is one Yeshua, there is one Liz, and that's a lie. There are two of you. You know that there's a book, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, did I say it correctly? Yes. Yeah. Two, what do you call such a person that has two uh, types? 
Split personalities. Each and every one of us is, is each and every one of us is that very person. Is that very person? <laughs> we all. Let me say the way most people understand it. The common conception, or I should say the common misconception, is that there's one person and there's a fight. When you want to wake up, one person says, wake up. There's a little, there's a little voice inside of you saying, wake up. Another voice inside of you says, stay in bed. That's the common conception. And, and, and there's a name for that. The Yetzir Hara, the evil inclination, and the Yetzir Tov, the good inclination. What we're learning now is there's much more than a good inclination and an evil inclination. There are two souls. And whatever we're going to learn about, about one soul, that means all of the ten attributes, the Chabad, the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, the, kind, the, the Chagas, the kindness, the severity, the beauty. When we're going to talk about the five levels of a soul, the nefesh, ruach, neshama, yechida, and don't worry, you'll all become familiar with all of this. Each one of these details applies for the good and applies for the opposite of good. So the makeup of our body is not that we have, it's not that we have one soul having a fight. There is two souls having a fight within us. And we're going to learn throughout, we'll learn there are tremendous, tremendous outcomes of this thought. So do you have an evil inclination and a, and a good inclination? Is there a Yetzirah and Yetzirah Tov? It's 100% correct. But is that the fight within us? No. It's much, much bigger. Much, much deeper. There's a full army on each side, not just one little inclination talking within us. Yes? Um, I don't want to complicate things, but in the beginning, when they, we said there's 600,000 Jews? Yes. And, and didn't, didn't that imply that there were 600,000 Jewish souls? Yes. So how does that fit in with the, with the, each person has two souls? What do you think? I mean, I mean does that imply that souls are shared? It's talking about our godly soul. When we say our godly soul, we're going to learn there's two souls. When, it's, when we say that each one of us have a part of in the Torah, that's going to be talking about our godly soul, and we'll see that clearly in chapter 2. Very good question. I have to say, I, at least, at least uh, you really connected. That was outstanding. Out, outstanding question. Thank you very much. So we have these two souls, and we say whether you're righteous, whether you're wicked, you have two souls. Yes, sorry, Devere. But is one really bad? Really bad. Absolutely not. Correct. It's not bad. I'm just using it until we get into it. It's, I'm not calling it a correct name. I appreciate that. Yes. I mean, Devere is making a very good point. Everyone should not leave this class thinking there's evil within him. 100% not. There's no evil. There's, a, there's an energy that would perhaps would like you to do evil, but there is an evil inside of you. Correct. Whether you're righteous, whether you're wicked, two souls. This also is tremendous. Unfortunately, and it's very tragic, I, I, I know some of the parties involved. Very, very sad story. Out of 
I don't know exactly where. Deal, Lakewood, not exactly sure where. There was a rabbi who he, he took this law we're going to learn now. He took it to its literal sense. Let's learn the law together. Oh, yes. Number, so if you have the handout only, unfortunately, I don't have it, but um, if you have the handout, it's number 14. Devere, please read number 14 for us. Now this is a quote from the Rambam, the laws of divorce. No worries at all. Moshe Metal, can you read number 14? It's very small. When a man whom the law requires to be compelled to divorce his wife does not desire to divorce her, the court should have been beaten until he consents, at which time they should have a get written. The get is acceptable. Why is this get not void? With regard to this person who outwardly refuses to divorce his wife, he wants to be part of the Jewish people, and he wants to perform all the mitzvot and eschew all the transgressions. <coughs> it, is only, it is only his evil inclination that presses him. Therefore, when he is beaten until his evil inclination has been weakened, and he consents to the divorce, he is considered to have performed the divorce willfully. Thank you very much. So in short, we, we know in Judaism, a man has a power to marry, and a man has a power to divorce. And according to the letter of the law, it's up to the man to marry, it's not up to the man. The woman has to agree, but to divorce, it's up to the man. Came along Rabbeinu Gershim, and he changed that. It's not, it's not, you know, it's not like that today. But, in many degrees it is. And one of those is that if a man wants, he could tell his wife, I won't give you a get until you give me $100,000. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are cases like that. Unfortunately, there, are, there have been handfuls of cases like that where the man wants to get at his wife and he demands something astronomical. The Rambam tells us that in this scenario, you're allowed to take the man and beat him up. Right. One of the only places where there are clear instructions, take him and beat him up. And Who does that? Well, Who does that? Take him and beat him up. And now, in order to give a get, the man has to want to give the get. So the Rambam is saying, if you beat a guy up and he says, I want to, does that mean I really want to? That's hypocrisy. He doesn't want to. He's saying he doesn't want you to beat him up. Says the Rambam that no, a Jew wants to do what the Torah says. And so when he says, I want to, he may not recognize that it's coming from his godly soul, but his godly soul is there with him. A Jew wants to do what God says. And so you can be beaten up. And when you say, I want to give that divorce document, it's a true statement. Unfortunately, there was... A, not unfortunately. I, you know, I, I brought up the story because it made a lot of bad headlines and it still is. And I just... You know, I kind of want to make people aware. You remember, it's, it's, 
I want to make people absolutely, and I want to make people aware that the rabbis involved were following the instructions of the Rambam. Um, it's not practiced nowadays for numerous reasons, and that's why most rabbis halakhically won't agree with it. But I just want to make people aware that the rabbis doing it were not mean people. They actually were there to help the woman. Um, again, without this, the woman is trapped. She's called an aguna. She's locked up. She can't marry anyone. So I just want to bring out the... the I want that to be clear. Uh, in fact, does it not have to be an agent of the Beth Din that does it? What's that? I can't just sit and hear, oh, I heard about this. Well, I'll go clean this clock. You can't, it has to be an agent of the Beth Yes, yes, yes. You can't just have anyone. Yes, yes. Thank you. It has, certainly has to be, yes, on behalf of the Beth Din. But well, why isn't there like a certain period that if the man doesn't give the get, that it's just like automatically then given? Yes, to decide. It's like been 10 years. Okay, so if a guy wants to marry a woman after a certain period of time, they're married because he wants to be married. Wait, what? You have to have an agreement, I think. You have to have an agreement in order to get married. Can, the, can a man remarry if he hasn't given his first wife yet? No. You're, you're asking me uncomfortable questions. <laughs> the answer is yes. A man, a man is allowed to marry as many women as he wants, according to the Torah. But the, but that, the wife can't get remarried. The wife can a, a woman could only marry one man. Right. Now, now, look, I want to say that today you're just getting into a complicated subject because I'm telling you Torah law and then there's what the rabbis said, what the Chacham said. So uh, it's not the focus of our discussion. No, 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 I'm not pushing you off. I'm just going to say the Torah says clearly, if you ask me the Torah, the base law, a man can marry as many women as he wants. A woman can only marry one man. Um, today there's a decree that the Ashkenazim have accepted. Some, some Spartan didn't accept. And uh, it's, it's complex. You know, there was a decree for 1,000 years that a man could only marry one woman. That, that 1,000 years has already... That 1,000 years already ended. The thousand years already ended. So some people say it doesn't apply. I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to cut this conversation just because it's a, okay. I do have a question. Yes, yes. So in the first paragraph it says, the soul which is the, is it Kelepa? Klipa. Klipa and uh, Citra Arcana. These are the evil information. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. And they're clothed in blood of the human being. We didn't talk about that. I'm, I'm going to leave it. We didn't yet get to this piece. We're still in the words before that. Oh. We'll get to that momentarily. Okay. But, so what we've established, so, what we've just established, why was that Rambam so important? It may be fascinating, the story may be fascinating. I quoted that Rambam to tell you the most important thing you'll ever learn. And that is, that the, no matter how wicked a person is, this man could be a cruel man. He could be giving his wife the worst Taurus in the world. But yet the Torah says, if you beat him up, his true essence will be revealed. Deep down in every single Jew, the Rambam tells us clearly, this Rambam is telling us clearly, the essence of everyone is that they want to be a tzaddik. They want to be the spainini. They want to fulfill what Hashem says. The people beating up are not doing evil then? No. Because they're doing it with good intention? 
someone who asked Eichmann was killed in Israel I, I recently saw an article about the murderer and not a murderer, I wouldn't call him a murderer, the person who killed him, was he a murderer? Executioner, sorry, was he a murderer? Absolutely not Someone who went ahead and was responsible for the, for the murder of thousands of Jews? Absolutely not It's important to know, according to Torah, sometimes people, people are supposed to get an appropriate punishment Yes, yes So beating up someone who is doing an atrocity is a mitzvah and this is, and I'm happy you brought this up, it's something we need to know in America, because we don't see we don't see fights, we often think we have to keep away from a fight and that's, that's against the Torah to just go ahead and say and be at peace with everyone is not true yes? but this beating is not punishment this beating is to convince him yeah, but you're, you're truly hurting him punishment is what he's done to his wife but it's but I thought the purpose of beating him was to allow the, his natural good is, so that the evil inclination is weakened. Well, when he that, says it, he doesn't... So when he's saying that he wants to give the get, he doesn't recognize that his good is, saying, is talking. If you're going to talk to him after he said yes, yeah. if you're going to come to him, he's going to tell you clearly, I didn't mean what I said. Right. Uh, but what I'm saying, though, is this beating is not punishment. This beating is to convince him. Correct. Correct. In heaven, they're not going to forgive him for his sin because we've beaten him up. Yes. 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 This is a technicality. This is... Uh, yes. Yes. This is not an atonement for his sin. Sometimes you get what you get. It's a long No wonder you've been quiet for the so, to let's make a summary of what we've accomplished today. We've accomplished that every single Jew has the power of good, complete good, and there's another energy that's trying to push him to do not so good. Within every single Jew, the, it could be the most wicked person you've ever met, there is this complete good deep down. And that is why we're never allowed to give up on someone. And from saying that there's two souls, we've, we've also brought out the fight within us is not about, only about action. When you say that there's a fight between the evil inclination and the good inclination, then there's a fight between action. But now that we know there's two souls, the evil inclination and the, good in, the, the evil and good within you are fighting not about your action, they're fighting about your essence. They're fighting about what are you going to think about? What are you going to dream about? What are you going to, what's going to be on your mind? What? There's this massive fight. So we're going to conclude today with this knowledge that there is this tremendous, incredible fight going on within us and we better get a hold of it soon or else we'll be in trouble.